Hey, this is Coco Columbia. You're listening to Sounds of PDX. This is Bo Bascoro. This is Shay Altered. Hey, this is Andrew. And this is Laura Moroko Code. This is Josh. And this is Nick. We're Talk Modern. This is Maliki. And this is Ryan. We're Small Million. And you're listening to Sounds of PDX. Sounds of PDX. Sounds of PDX on PRP. Happy Tuesday evening, everybody. I'm your host, Luke Neal, and this is Portland Radio Project, KSFL LP Portland on 99.1 FM and PRP.FM. This is Sounds of PDX. You can find me here every Tuesday night from 7 to 9 p.m., where I welcome a special guest uh, and artist in the Portland music scene to showcase their stories and music. Tonight on the show, I've got Gray Fiction in studio. Guys, welcome to Portland Radio Project. Woo. Thank you, thank you very thank much. Thank you for having us. It's all your first time here, yes? Yes, yeah. Here. Honored to be here. Uh, so we've got uh, the band Gray Fiction. Uh, if you don't know, there are three brothers just off the top of the show. i got to say I'm, I'm one of three brothers as well. Uh, awesome. We've got a ton of music influences that are almost identical. Uh, I was telling you guys before the show, like I was going through the, the production or the pre-production playlist, which is phenomenal and like... <laughs> everything I would have picked, my wife was like, well, that's pretty much your playlist and influences. Awesome. So really looking forward to this. You guys put out a stellar record last year. We're going to talk about that in the second hour. We will dive into uh, what it took to make that record, what inspired it. But first, we want to hear your influences, stories from when uh, you were growing up together. Obviously, be super dope to get some embarrassing stuff as well. Uh, <laughs> listeners, you can talk to us and the band. Go to prp.fm. Uh, you can say hello on the talk board, or you can tweet us at PDX Radio Project. Say hello to myself and the band. Submit some questions. Uh, also, we've got a great mobile app, iOS and Android. Uh, so in the studio with me is Mark Musi, Matthew Musi, and Zane Musi. Uh, Zane, you were the only one that listed a middle name on, on Facebook. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that the NSA really knows it's me. Yes, okay, good. <laughs> I was wondering. Uh, we'll get into that and much more when we come back, but I wanted to kick this show off with a band that I love to death, probably has one of the best bassists I've ever seen live. Uh, who submitted the Muse for us? Oh, that the Muse. Was, all right. We're all huge fans of Muse. Yeah, yeah. good, good. Yeah, one of our favorite bands. Especially this record. We're going to be playing uh, Time is Running Out. And this was kind of their oh, international oh, break. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Really good stuff. Uh, I think it's circa 04? Oh, 03 or 04, I yeah. think. Yeah. 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 Uh, really good time period for music. We're going to talk about Muse and much more. Stick around. I'm your host, Luke Neal. I've got great fiction until 7 p.m. 9 p.m. I take that back. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> we start at 7. Muse on Portland Radio Project. I am Luke Neal. This is Sounds of PDX. I've got great fiction in studio with me tonight. Uh, guys, we forgot to mention at the top of the show, we're going to be giving away a couple sets of guest passes to the show that we have coming up here. You guys are going to be playing Twilight Cafe just down the street here. Saturday, July 7th. Doors are at 8.30. You're playing with Daybones and the Weird Kids. Yep. Yeah. Us. Oh, man. We won't give away the magic uh, <laughs> keyword or number yet, but stay tuned. We're going to give away a couple pairs uh during the show really looking forward to that so before we dive more into promo and all the business stuff i want the fans uh to get to know you better or if this is the first time hearing you we want to collect some stories before we hear your tunes near the uh, show and the uh, end of the show in the second hour where did this whole thing start for you guys i'll let you each individually tell your story but what i'd like to hear is your first tangible memory with music maybe not when you decided to be a musician but what was the moment that set the hook for you um, for, for me, I mean, our, our father taught us all how to play instruments and, um, 
the earliest memories I have with music is uh, one comes to mind is my dad had the Led Zeppelin DVD. I forget what it is. It song remains the same. The one with like the red canyons on the cover. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. It's like the live compilation c concert disc. Um, and I was obsessed with watching Led Zeppelin and John Bonham on the drums. And I uh, just wanted to do that. So he bought me a practice pad, like a little rubber muting disc when I was like six years old. And I would just jam along to that. Smart move. And then what really um, inspired me to to get more into drumming is my mom and dad would always work out downstairs and they'd blast Dream Theater, like early, like awakening Dream <laughs> Theater. Oh, I love Dream Theater. Yeah, like the early, early Dream Theater um, where Mike Portnoy would wear like, you know, like one suit, like spandex with, you know. It was, so that, that's what really uh, started pushing me into drumming. Um, and then I just kept practicing, eventually got into like some 41 in Green Day. And then by the time I was in the fourth grade, they bought me an actual drum set because I outgrew my practice pad. That's um, phenomenal. So that's like my earliest memory. And then also when I finally got the drum set, uh, my dad would jam on the bass and the guitar. And I was kind of like, well, actually he was like my metronome in the beginning because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, <laughs> so as I got better at keeping a beat, I became his metronome so he could just solo over what I was doing. And then it'd be like three or four hours of him just shredding on the guitar, <laughs> noodling around while keep I was just- Keep it in the pocket, Mark. Keep it in the pocket. Keep it in the pocket. Yeah, yeah, I see your long game, Dad. I know what you would do. Yeah. I was just sitting there staring at the wall, dozing off while I was playing the blues, getting really bored. But he was having a good time. Man, That's early, early hearing Dream Theater at that age must have been, I mean, Portnoy's. Oh, yeah. Portnoy. Progressive King. Yep. It was Kansas and Dream Theater and yeah. ACDC and Led Zeppelin all when I was young. And that, and then what what pushed me to a new direction, but also kind of ruined my musical taste in at first, in a, in a little bit, was I really got into like Good Charlotte and Sum 41. I love Sum 41. It's one of my favorite bands. But There's no guilty pleasures on Sounds of PDX. Yeah, love Sum 41. Backstreet <laughs> Boys. Hey, that was our first concert. That was my first that was, concert. That was all of our Boys, first yeah. concert. Dad took us all to the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, no. boy, did he regret that. Boy, did he regret that. <laughs> no idea what was. Yeah, you thought he'd heard something loud before. I'm sure that was insane. <laughs> all, all, all the screaming teenage girls that he was trying to, you know. Left in impression. He was trying to I have my kids here, you know. Yeah. Zane, how about you? Uh, what, are your, what are some of your early memories with music? I think I've tried really hard to go as far back as I can. And mm. the and I'm sure there are other experiences, but the one that pegs is uh I don't know how old we were, but we were all in the car. And it was some sort of family outing and I, I had to have been really young. I mean like 7 or something. And uh, the Doobie Brothers came on the radio. Oh wow. Yeah. And uh, mom and dad were dancing. They just started dancing and singing along. And then uh, all of a sudden, all of us were dancing and singing along. And I was just looking around, kind of like, what is this magic? What is going on? That's rad. It's all, because we're, you know, we're all fighting usually, bickering, and like, we're yeah. all kids, and like, you know. A lot of us. Kid full of, a car full of kids, you know. The yeah. parents are always kind of, hey, you know. So this song unified all of us and turned it into magic. That's awesome. And I, that, I didn't remember this until, you know, recently, like all these. Those are repressed memories. Yeah, these, yeah, 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 repressed, yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think that had a huge impression on me. Uh, you know, you can, you can cure in any, any sort of bad mood with a good song. With the Doobie Brothers, yeah, that's exactly, and that's why I say there's no guilty pleasures. A good no song is a pleasures. good song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you, Matt? Oh man, I have kind of a similar, similar thing. 
Oh. I think, I think, yeah, just growing up in our house, our parents just music was on it was <laughs> all the time. And it, like, there's an association with like doing stuff with music. Like mm-hmm. my mom had a stained glass studio and she would be rocking for hours and hours and hours making stained glass, just all this different kinds of music. Yeah. And then I remember jamming along in the car because the car thing was, I mean, this is before phones or, you know, magazines or anything, you know, like, so the music was very, uh, like that's what you did as if, and we came from such a big family when we had to go somewhere. Hmm. <clears throat> so we we were stuck listening to the same music as a family, <laughs> a lot of places. But I remember being like way young, uh, in dad's, he had like a 1986 Honda Accord. So I was like way young before all you guys were even born. And uh, I remember jamming out to Elton John's Sacrifice. Hmm. In like oh, there it is. the the there part it is. where like the back window met where the back speakers were like I wasn't even in the seat I just remember looking at the sky man I'm hearing the song like, man. it's like it's clear. Yeah, right it was so good and uh, I, now that I think back I wonder why they didn't try to get me back into the seat but that's we were safety was not safety <laughs> in the 80s. 80s. Yeah. yeah yeah I mean my my <laughs> first music memory was also in a car but unseat belted seven years old in the back of a station wagon uh, again there, yeah there's times. something yeah. about there's something about that something. being leaving an impact road trips you know? man yeah uh, well I want to hear more about how you guys picked up the instruments how you gravitated to uh, all of the craft that you do but let's get back to the PDX spotlight playlist we've got a ton of great episodes actually coming up with Larissa Birdseye and Tara Velarde. Uh, right now, you can still see the Just People 10-year anniversary show uh, that we shot at Mission Theater. Next up on the PDX Spotlight playlist is Circus Survive, a band I was so happy to see here. Uh, this is one of their later songs, uh, yeah. I Felt Free. Talk to me about why this one made the playlist and why specifically this band. They are, unfortunately, one of the most underrated West Coast bands of the last decade. Well, I don't know. Uh, I think Matt likes Circus Survive a little bit. I right. just they're pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty, pretty, good. pretty good. Um, yeah. for for me, uh, they were the first band that I heard that really pushed the boundaries of what you could do with like rock music and alternative rock music, and and um, it was like on the verge of progressive metal or classical music, but it still had a pocket and a groove, and it was still like you could still dance to it. And their drummer just totally um, woke me up to what you could do with the drums, but still hold the groove. And for this song in particular was like the first song that I showed Zane by Circus Survive that he really connected with. So that's why I put it on the playlist because like they've always been one of my favorite bands and he really liked this song and this this was one of, I think their best album and I think Matt likes him, but his, you know. I love him. <laughs> I love him, yeah. It's bringing brothers together. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, there it is next on the playlist. An influence for my special guest, Gray Fiction. This is Circus Survive with I Felt Free and you're listening to Portland Radio Project. The late, great Chris Cornell. That is Audio Slave here on Sounds of PDX. We're listening to the influences and soon-to-be original music of Grey Fiction. They're in studio with us tonight. Guys, we're talking about your memories, uh, past experiences, but I want to talk to you about how you all picked your instruments and whether or not it was your first instrument. Uh, let's start with you, Matt. I, I, uh, oh, buddy. Or we can go the other way if you'd like. <laughs> no, we can go with me. It's okay, cool. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So were you always a bassist? No. Okay. No. <laughs> Get that uh, out of the way. <laughs> get that out of the way. Moving forward. So ukulele or no? Like guitar, guitar. <laughs> nice, nice. And I was. Uh, uh, I'm the. I'm the, the the oldest. 
And so I was, I'm the experiment, the guinea pig. <laughs> and uh, my old man tried to teach me how to play the guitar. And it was uh, a lot of heartache for both of us. Uh, <laughs> to say it gently. And he, he, I ended up teaching myself like in the closet of my bedroom <laughs> when everybody was out of the house and you didn't want anyone to hear you play no, okay i just okay. didn't want to so they had i ended up doing uh like sports in high school he's a jock really and uh <laughs> bro <laughs> i'd always had the, i always had the guitar since like fourth grade right like i'd always been playing it's always been in my room but uh i ended up playing the bass because gray fiction uh used to have a viola player a keyboard player <clears throat> and another bassist and when they graduated high school, those guys went to college and- And got they, real jobs. They, you know, <laughs> and they needed a bass player and I said, I could do that. That's so, awesome. And turns out, uh, I should have been a bass player the whole time. It is my instrument. Like yeah, I, definitely, yeah. Like I love it yeah, and I understand. Like, but I think uh, another reason why you started playing the bass or at least joined the band is, uh, is for dad, right? Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only, like I was going to college and uh, for lacrosse mostly, and I I came home to uh, our, our old man got sick, so I, I kind of kind of gave up the the college thing to come be there for the family, and the uh, he wouldn't go out of the house really unless there was a show, and so we, you know, oh, while he was mind. while he was working his stuff out, we would. Play shows and he would be there, no matter what, with the with video camera quarter, and his yeah. crutches and like. Mm. So it was kind of like, um, join the band and have the old man have something to do, you know, and then be with my brothers and like I've been in ba various bands prior to that, um, but yeah, the the old man would would come to all of our shows and I love the bass now, like it is my, the guitar terrifies me the same amount <laughs> <laughs> but the bass <laughs> but i can play my bass for hours and hours well good on you man yeah, yeah. A, a a a selfless move led to this happiness <laughs> you find in the four string monster <laughs> yeah. zane how about you i mean you you do guitars vocals keys uh so what was your first instrument well people say vocals but uh guitar was what? i think yeah i think uh was eight eight or nine years old and I uh, I just asked my dad one day because he would come home every day after work and just go play guitar for like an hour before he did anything else because it was like a way to wind down I guess sure and uh, so I I just remember like hey I, that looks fun so right then and there he just sat me down and, and he taught me the the 12 bar blues oh right on and Except you know and then it, <laughs> Except for when I, so when I was in that stage, he, he of got my on life, all the uh, the trial and error with a, him, right? Yeah, like there's, a, there's a 1979 Gibson SG. Oh, yeah. oh no! That I oh. was not supposed to look at, at or or, or think or like. So yeah, well, this is very traumatic. The old man got me a hundred dollar guitar, and that was my guitar. And uh, and then he got so burnt out on me when uh, Zane, uh, when it was time for Zane to ask the question, he's just like, here, take this guitar. <laughs> no. And so. I think the trauma created the bass <laughs> player 
and the the free form support and love for my father. I Zane. think your fear of the guitar yeah. doesn't come from playing it. You just may have an aversion it to guitars be. because of be. that threat. Oh uh, wow! <laughs> any, really any early, uh, both for you, Matt. Any early bassist that you kind of lean on that you're like, I love them. My favorite bass player. Okay, um, Merlo. But that, I don't know how to say his last name. He's the bass player for Jack Johnson. Oh, okay. That dude blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he does. I know that sounds, everyone's going to be laughing at No, me. he's incredible. Um, I just love that you don't know his name. <laughs> put, put, I always I always stumble over it. It's like Podolowski. Podolowski. Put put he's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. Um, obviously, yeah, Chris Wolstenholme. Oh, okay. yeah. Obviously, yeah. John Paul Jones, like the, 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 the classics. But yeah, the Merlot is definitely my favorite bass player. So and far. Zane guitarist, who were your like early lead players that maybe stuck out to you? You know, it, it's all my father's fault because he would play like Al Dimiola and like Joe Satriani. Surfing with all the All that alien. fusion, oh, you yeah. know, like King oh, Crimson, yeah. like all that oh, stuff. Oh, man. And so that's the world that I got into. Cool. Yeah, King Crimson's Red is like one of the best oh. prog rock records of all time. Yeah. Oh yeah, Mark. Drums. Your first instrument, or yeah, okay. uh, I I don't remember. I think my dad might have bought me like a toy store plastic green guitar. I have a recollection of that. <laughs> oh, I remember like, that. Yeah, yeah we'd all like fake. Like, yeah. yeah, okay. And nice. then I I gave it to him, and then I just started hitting things. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, let's put faster something and faster and faster. Yeah, I remember my dad came home one night with that little rubber disc mute, and he's like, "Here you go." And, there you go. And now I look back, and that was just a mute for the drums. But when I was six, I was stoked because I'm like, "Oh, it's a drum!" And I'll <laughs> he could yeah. fool you at that age. That's yeah, exactly. What pots and pans would have done as well. Yeah. Uh, well, right on, guys. Uh, I'm sure we've got a lot of other great stories. We're going to come back to that. I've got questions. You're going to want to stick around for the second hour because I'm a gearhead and I want to hear about the production of the LP. We're going to be li listening to some tracks from. Uh, yes. It's just done so well. Uh, Thank you. Steve did the record. We will shout him out in the second hour, but uh, it's his birthday today. So happy, happy birthday, birthday, Steve. Happy birthday, Steve. Steve. Happy birthday! You. He's a he's a good man. He's a talented man, and uh, he does good work. I was so happy to see that you guys were working with him last year. Okay, just a quick reminder: we're going to be giving away tickets to the show at Twilight Cafe. Great Fiction is playing with Dave Bones and the Weird Kids on July seventh. Doors at eight thirty. We're going to be putting that information out, of course, on the air here. I'll put it out on the talk board. We've had a lot of traffic on the talk board. I want to say hello to a couple people. Uh, Carol gave me a shout out. Uh, my sister, and she listens every week. Love you to death. Thanks for listening, Carol. Rebecca Webb, station founder, says, what's up, Luke? So, uh, show sounds good. Thank you, Rebecca. And you guys have a lot of friends uh, saying what's up yeah, as well. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Mr. McGinnis, Mr. Derek Welsh, uh, Gerd. The Jerks. Um, the the Jerks. Yep. Jerks. Go Slayer. Go, Go Slayer. Slayer. Let's listen to Slayer, Slayer after this. Yeah, speaking of Slayer, the next song on the PDX Spotlight is uh, Brandy Carlisle. Oh, <laughs> perfect. The story. She slays it, man. She, she does. slays it. Yeah, One of the Slayer. founding members of Slayer. Uh, <laughs> Brandy's killer. Like, what a great songwriter. Oh, but the song, God. the story is a great choice. Uh, who put this on the playlist? That This song changed me. It changed me forever. I think all three of us are, like, huge Brandy fans. Well, yeah, I mean, so the playlist, I kind of... I texted them throughout the day and got all the influences, and then like we, we, I just kind of busted it out. But I we, knew yeah, we, I knew what songs all three of us collectively really liked together, and that's the playlist. So there was a GM involved. We, there were, yeah. we had, <laughs> like we we we, we put, you just you just sent the email. 
Yeah. yeah, I didn't yeah. do anything special. No, no, no. <laughs> the no. business side of the music yeah. business, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> well, here it is. Next up on the PDX Spotlight playlist, this is Brandy Carlisle with the story and influence of gray fiction. Stick around. I've got them until 9 p.m. The Grammy Award-winning record by John Mayer. Continuum right here on Portland Radio Project. That's an influence of gray fiction. They are my special guests tonight. Been hanging out with Matt, Mark, and, uh, oh my gosh, I'm totally spacing your name, Zane. Gosh, I'm so, I'm so <laughs> it can sorry. Be a pain. <laughs> oh. we, we met an hour ago. My bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've been talking about just the similarities in the, uh, in the influences that we have, and I often wonder... Like whether that's a regional thing, because we found out you, you guys were originally from Utah. I was from Phoenix, like that Southwest area. I know, especially in Phoenix, you would have loved it, Mark. The early 90s to about 2005 was a heavy punk scene oh, yeah. in Phoenix. A lot of good stuff. Like we we would go into this uh, club called the Big Fish Pub and like on accident, we saw a band called Hooba Stink. And we're like, oh, by accident. Well, what's a Hooba and why does it stink? Like, we're, Let's check it out. Who is this band? Yeah, so a lot of stuff happens like that. Wow. So, you know, I, I had uh, some places to dip my toes into to find some of this stuff. In Utah, what was your outlet as kids growing up? Did you have a rad radio station you liked? Did you have someone other than maybe your dad that was showing you some newer music? Uh, X96. X96, yeah, that yeah, was their... X96. Remember the box? The box? The box. Well, no, let's, the ne- box. let's never talk about <laughs> the box. <laughs> that was a leap. Is that like a, a taboo box of like, vinyl? It was like, a, hey, call in and give us money and we'll play this music video. And so it'd be like... 10 second clips of music videos that, that you could buy. I remember. It's like a jukebox on like channel oh. 52 past like 50 channels of static and it was only on at like 1.32 in the morning. Uh, yeah. I just remember yeah. when I was really young. The box. I didn't know what Linkin Park was and One Step Closer came on and that music video just terrified me and that, the box. The box. the box. Oh, well, thank you. The box. So it's yeah. like an on-demand music video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They didn't have that in Arizona. I no, they did not. No. They have the box okay. in Arizona. We had the good old M- <laughs> MTV. MTV. This is like the local MTV. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So it's right. like free MTV. MTV. <laughs> it's free MTV. Yeah. Free MTV. It's pay-per-view. X96. I remember uh, 103.5 radio station. That was like the classic rock. Lots of Ario Speedwagon, 38 yeah, Special. Yeah, mm. we had a lot of classic rock um, happen to us. Yeah. We were kids. But as far as like blues, you know venues uh we just we would just go to coffee shop open mics we were we just did open mics for maybe the first five years of us being a band never played a gig at a venue it was just yep. open mics and well you couldn't because um, you weren't 21 yeah and utah's yeah. super strict yeah they are uh, performance uh gaps they don't they don't mess around with that like they they'll don't. do here you know yeah. you, you can be 21 as soon as the show's done Get your stuff and get in the alleyway or parking lot. Yeah. You can't be in here, yeah. There was one show we had at a bar. We were nominated with Salt Lake's Top 25 Bands uh, back in 2011, 2012. 2012. Congratulations. I, thank you. I, I hadn't turned 21 yet, but everyone else was. No, were you 21? Uh, no, no. no. Oh, so, no so we both had to wear wristbands. We had to wear wristbands, and we had to set up all of our gear outside in the street. And then before we played, hurry and load up. And then as soon as we were done, like didn't have time to break down anything, I had to move everything off the stage. And it was just like Yeah, they were they were pretty And uh, there was like no one in the bar. <laughs> you need to get out right now. Yeah. We're like, oh yes, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, the great thing is though, Utah's got some great all ages uh Oh, absolutely. Venues. Like, That's you got, cool. Yeah, uh, Kilby Court and the Valor. Love Kilby Court. They, Love the Valor. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of great music they, they going on. They cater to to growing the uh 
the local music. Scene we need there. more of that here. Um, Vortex Music Magazine, a couple uh, couple issues ago, did a wonderful um, release on the underage music scene here in Portland and, and the importance of of house shows and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But you mentioned something really cool, coffee shops. You guys did that for about five years. I think that, maybe not particular in a coffee shop, but that stripped down environment early on as a singer songwriter or a musician just does wonders Absolutely. for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of the songs you're playing these days, are those spurred out of the coffee shop sessions? Do you have any of the old yeah, songs? Yeah, some, song- some of the songs on the album were actually written uh, like when I was in high school and with Zane, Zane was in high school and Matt was just fresh in college and we we wrote the songs like um, Get Off Your Knees Get Off Your Knees Light, light the, the Sea Light the Sea yeah. uh, Like and I yeah yeah I, he can elaborate more That's on that That's so but, rad that you yeah. still have them Yeah, yeah. We, we were kind of waiting always to get the right opportunity to record them and that opportunity never really came up Ooh. So you get your whole life to record your first record Exactly <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. what it felt like you know? Right up, up to that point Yeah, yeah. you've got a couple of those songs uh, that made it to our playlist in the second hour We're going to be highlighting your tunes uh, We've got a handful of wonderful influences coming up uh, Eddie Vedder, Jack Johnson, Linkin Park, Cornell, and Radiohead uh, But I think it's time uh, It's what, 7.45? Should we give away some tickets? Oh yeah, yeah. All right. we like doing that Let's do that So I'm going to get you the information uh, I'm going to have the fellas either tweet this out or put it on the talk board. Uh, I'll also do the same thing. Uh, so if you're driving, please be safe and pull over. This is for a, a couple passes. We're going to get you in to see uh, the band. Great Fiction is playing with Day Bones and the Weird Kids July 7th at the Twilight Cafe. Doors are at 830. What you're going to do is you're going to text the keyword fiction to 27299. And the first person we hear from in this hour is going to win that first set of guest passes. So the keyword is fiction. And you're going to text that in to 27299. Once again, it's 27299, and the keyword is fiction. Uh, while folks are out there in Radioland dialing in or texting in to, to win those, let's talk about cool. the next artist on the playlist. Uh, we're going to continue the coffee shop vibe. It's a perfect segue. Uh, let's talk about Eddie Vedder. Um, any, anything that he did onto this Into the Wild soundtrack is brilliant. Uh, you submit mm-hmm. a guaranteed wonderful song. Whose choice was this? Is Mainly that guy. Okay, yeah. right on. Yeah, yeah. the T- moose. Yeah, that his work on that soundtrack. So good, breathtaking. <laughs> so, what do you say? So good. It's yeah. so good. Go listen to it. Yeah, it's even so if you haven't seen the movie, go buy the record. Yeah, absolutely, uh, it's incredible. Here it is, Eddie Vedder in his stripped down format from Into the Wild. This is guaranteed on Portland Radio Project. That's Jack Johnson here on Sounds of PDX. I'm Luke Neal. I've been hanging out with Gray Fiction all evening. Uh, they've been submitting influences. We have been enjoying. Matt uh, sent that in to us. Talk about Jack Johnson and, and his impact on you as an artist. Oh, man. I think I'm alone, maybe. You guys <laughs> oh, like Jack Johnson. On. You got me. Don't get, don't get no. I love Jack Johnson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, no, I had... Uh, shoot, Jack Johnson just reminds me of like everything that's ever good that's ever happened to me in that particular time of my life jack johnson comes out with an album and just like takes me to a better place Hmm. every time like i found out about jack one of my friends in high school was a professional rock climber and she had got his ep from like surf bums i guess they hang out or something i don't know and so i got (laughs) jack johnson's ep before like brushfire fairytales came out so i was like a huge fan before he even got brushfire for it and then the album came out 
and I fell in love with it and like everything about being in high school and like driving cars up the canyons, you know, skipping school to go drive my 88 Honda Prelude with four wheel steering up the canyons <laughs> to Jack Johnson, you know, and then it'd be a couple of years and he'd come out with a new album. I'm like this guy is like living the exact same life I'm living. And still to this day, every time he comes out with an album, I just melt. Yeah. For like yeah, months. He's, he's an incredible writer. Yeah. yeah. That actually kind of bridged a gap for us, Jack Johnson, because it's like, what is this amazing music? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah. I think he's like, he's just so, he's so heavy, but he's so simple. I remember like uh, in, I was in high school hanging out. And, I mean, we had kind of a conservative upbringing. And, uh, <laughs> to say the least. To say the least. And I had uh, broken free from that conservative strain and uh i would i had a, there's a song he does called never know oh, and it's yeah. talking about uh, uh how we just don't know and it's kind of <laughs> uh you know it's not exactly for religion but the, there were very religious people in my car singing every single word to that song <laughs> and i was like i looked in the rearview mirror i'm like do you guys know <laughs> What this song is about, but and they're trying to speak to yeah, you. Yeah, and they, they and they didn't. But this it was like something. everyone was jamming out and having a good time. And I'm like, that's what Jack Johnson's about. He's got these like deep messages he and like about love, you know. And uh, you can sing along, you can tune in, or you don't have to. It's still a good song. Yeah, that's you know? he's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, I was telling you during that music break, I found out about him through. Uh, ben Harper, it's like another small world, you know, all those artists, those singer-songwriters, indie, that truly did indie, uh, late 90s, early 2000s, or that's a family together. Uh, speaking of which, that Ben Harper, uh, Muscle White blues record is unbelievable. Dynamite. Yeah, re awesome. really good stuff. Ben Harper's unstoppable. Uh, well, Matt, you said that tickets for the show at Twilight Cafe can be picked up at Solace Coffee as well. That's out there in Beaverton, Hillsdale oh, yeah. area. Huge yeah. shout out to my girlfriend's coffee shop out in Beaverton, <laughs> Solace and Fine Espresso. You can uh, come say hi to me and Zane and uh, pick up tickets if you'd like. Or just come get some good coffee. Stump town. Yeah. Or just use the restroom and leave. Just use the restroom. Yeah, <laughs> it's really, thing. it's fine. Please do that. That would be amazing. Don't say anything. The restroom's in the back. Just tip your barista, you know? Yeah, throw a dollar in the pot. I'll know. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to me to, to look back to here at this talk board, and there's Matthew Scott, JoJo Scott's dad, you know, giving a shout out to you guys. And we're talking about all these connections. And I didn't know you guys knew JoJo. And here's Mark playing drums on her record, you know, a, a friend of the station here. <laughs> yeah, Portland's got a lot going on. It yeah. does, man. Yeah. But that's my point. Like, I love the music scene here because coming from a place uh, like I was in Phoenix, it's very competitive. I mean, if you weren't in a battle of the bands every three months, people would wonder, like, are you even serious? It was yeah. just super competitive. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about mm. your first impressions of the Portland music scene as you're uh, getting you know, gigs and, and building momentum. It's so hard to uproot a project, especially to uh, a new state, uh, much less a new city. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about your first impressions of, of the scene here. I feel like we're still developing our first impressions. No, yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, I'm still trying to figure it out a little bit. At least for, for me, um, where we come from in Utah, it's, it's like Phoenix. Like it's it's that very competitive. Um, there's a lot of support and a lot of help within the community, but it's also very competitive. And there's a there's kind of a ladder that you can climb in the Utah music scene. Um, it's a great music. Scene. It's it's a fantastic music scene, but it's it's very structured and it's very uh, it's. 
It's not an easy path to follow, but there's a defined path that you can follow in Utah to like, get well, you, to. You just know where you're going to play know, next. Yeah. You know, like mm. where, I, I need to play this venue, and then I need to play, and I need yeah. to bring this many people, but and you, I need to do that. And it's very like there's the uh, uh, path has been cut out. It's very defined. Yeah, mm. we're, we moved here, and uh, we're all, I, I would say our genre is like alternative rock, um, and we you know coming to find out, we, we spent three years on our record, so we didn't really. Find yeah, what the yeah. music scene was about until we released our record after living here for almost four years, and then once we started gigging seriously, um, there's like a huge hip hop scene, huge metal scene, alternative rock. We found a ton of great bands, and there's wonderful uh, alternative rock bands out here. But we found that they're all in their own little niche communities, and they're all playing at their own like venues. And there's not there's not a lot of communication happening between these bands. To, to build the community up just because they're, they're not aware of the other bands. And so we're trying to um, bring these bands together and try to, we're, we're trying to help build the alternative rock community out here because we feel like right now, it's it's like the, like Matt likes to say, the, the soil is is fertile, right? Oh, it's so fertile right yeah. now. There's yeah. so much like, amazing there's so talent. Much there's so, so many bands. Going on. But it's just, just hard to keep up with. So it's like, it is. I don't feel, I feel like all the bands, they just uh, like, we're not talking to each other. And that's the big thing. There isn't like that venue that you have to play that's going to help you and support you yeah. and bring on. So like we're just trying to figure out a way and a means to not necessarily build a roster, but to build a roster. Yeah, right? sure. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, we uh, actually to just short the, list of bands to play with or and their friends. Yeah, we yeah. Actually, just like uh, like just let's talk to get let's hang out let's play awesome shows to with each other. I mean we're trying to bring value to these shows. And, I mean, we've only really been playing seriously in Portland for about a year now. Uh, I so tell you what, though, the impact you guys have had, I mean, it's there's a lot of buzz about Grey Fiction. There was folks, once I, I booked this, uh, like Dan Cable reached out to me. Oh, He's yeah. like, man, those guys are super dope. Other musicians had reached out to me. I think, based on what you said about Salt Lake, you know, there's that side of it where it's really regimented and the path is clear, however... There's steps that you have to take, whereas the Portland music scene is a, a little bit more. There's some ambiguity as mm -hmm. to where where I think you guys thrive. A good song will defeat anything, any <laughs> yeah. genre, any anybody's, you know, anything. Uh, you know, I may not like alt rock. Well, if you go and see a good alt rock band that has a song that changes your life, that's that, right? Uh, there's so much of that in this next hour that we're in now. We're going to be playing eight tracks off of the record that came out a little, uh, well, I guess it is a year and a half ago. Uh, Gray Fiction released On Your Way to Earth and Back. It's a 14-song LP, uh, really stellar. I wished uh, you guys would have loaded the whole second hour with uh, your tunes, but we've got some more great influences to highlight. Oh. Uh, hey, it was totally good. Sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, some people only submit three. I'm... I'm great with it. I eight. was going to submit the whole thing, but I, I didn't know you wanted like, like I thought I submitted too many. I, oh, no, we can, we can even do some bonus sounds of PDX. Uh, oh. No, it's great, man. Uh, but it, it also gives me a reason to have you back on the show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about Linkin Park, uh, a band that I love. Chester has ties to Phoenix. He yeah. was uh, oh, a yeah, big man. staple there in the music community. And even if you didn't know him, he was always doing exactly what Matt just said, just trying to connect bands and, and connect people. Yeah. Uh, I mean... I think we all, at this point in our life, either know somebody or ourselves deal with mental illness. Uh, I myself deal with mental illness, so when everything happened with Cornell and Chester, that was kind of circling around that, I was mm -hmm. like, this is, uh, this is unbelievable. It just shows how fragile we are. But on the other hand, 
it just exemplifies how precious a talent like uh, he was because he left us with so much great music, so, so many great lessons. Legacy. Even yeah. if his video off of the box scared you early on, <laughs> he still they, made it. They turned into my like one of my all time favorite bands. I have so much respect for Linkin Park because like they have so many band members. But they're all able to just come together and serve the music and create total and, brilliance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like they're all exemplary musicians. But like the drummer Rob never does anything terribly technical, but he can shred if he wanted to. The, the bassist Phoenix is like a classically trained jazz bassist. Yeah, but he's only just he's just holding it down. So they're, they're just, just serving the song. Yeah, they it's, they're incredible in that sense. They're yeah. some of the best uh, song constructors and the the the. I think for me, the biggest spotlight when I was like, okay, this is really incredible is when they worked with Jay-Z. Because if yeah. you can blend genres oh, and make man. all that work together, oh, yeah. both brilliant songwriters, uh, just speaks further to what we were just talking about. Here they are next on the playlist. This is Waiting for the End by Linkin Park. Why'd you pick this one? It's off of one of their latest records. I like uh, this a lot. A Thousand Sons. I think all three of us agree that it's, I think it's, my favorite album by them. I think it's it's a genius concept album. Yeah. For me personally, it's up there. It's like one of my top five favorite albums of all time. Um, and this song was one of the first songs that all three of us like really bonded over because we all a, have very there's a, there's a timelessness about it. Like yeah. this hmm. song, I, for me, it just it sucks you in, and, and until it's over, you can't get out. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's 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 everything we're it was one of striving for with this, all this song business, you know. It was one of the first songs that I can remember where all three of us were equally as excited to show our friends yeah. oh, this that's song. Awesome. Like all three of us were on board, and it was so. Yeah, yeah this was a wonderful re release from them. I'm so glad they're on the playlist. I love this band. This is Lincoln Park with "Waiting for the End." Stick around. We've got a couple more tickets to give away to uh, the show with Gray Fiction, July 7th. That's coming up. Got more stories, more influences, and of course, original music from the band. So stick around. I'm going to guess and say that some 41 was brought into us by Mark. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Zane, some of my greatest memories uh, in elementary school were with some 41 and Zane. Yeah, we, like, bond, we bonded a lot over some 41. Both him and I are, yeah. up, like, I, I, I think Matt has a resistance to some 41 because of, like... Impossible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, some 41 is great. Very uh, that's awesome. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I love some 41. Yeah, when we first started getting into them, it bridged a musical gap because I was really into, like, blues, and Mark was really into, like, Green Day. Yeah, he listened to Almond Brothers, and ten years after, I listened to Green Day and like <laughs> Lincoln Park, and then yeah. and then Sun Forty One, and then you know we started hanging out more because we started exploring and, each other's yeah, music, yeah. skateboarding, listening to Sun Forty One. I remember my uh, my birthday in the fifth grade, uh, Does This Look Infected came out, oh, and yeah. I just him and I just <laughs> sat in the garage on repeat, play that album, just scoot it around in a circle for days. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, just uh, listen to it, doesn't yep. it. Come home to school and put it back on and just continue going yep. in circles. Yep. Well, shortly here, uh, we've got one more inf influence to play from you, but coming up, we're going to be talking about uh, your songwriting and production process. Um, I'm hoping going around in circles in the garage is part of that, because that would be amazing. Uh, <laughs> we also have some more tickets to give away. Uh, and just a quick reminder, we're going to be giving away tickets to the Twilight uh, Cafe show that's happening July 7th. Gray Fiction is going to be playing with Daybones and the Weird Kids. Uh, let's talk about Embargo Productions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, embargo, yeah, man. Embargo. Embargo. So it's just a whole... 
Oh, how do you even start talking about embargo? We we, we wanted to help. Uh, I, there is a community here, but we just when we moved here, we we for us personally, we found that there weren't a lot of there was a lot of communication happening with these alternative it's rock really bands. It's really hard to book gigs, and it's hard. It's really book, hard to yeah. meet band. Like, well, it's, where is it's, it? All? It's hard to book gigs, and all the venues out here. Um, there's just I don't want to. We, we just wanted to help create better shows where like the bands had the responsibility of book of promoting the show and selling the tickets and getting hyped about the show and bringing people and. And um, bringing value back, bringing right, value right back now, to the live show. You know, you could go to a bar downtown Portland, uh, probably any of them, and see a four four band lineup for seven bucks. Yeah, and the and bands I've, are killer. I think and they're working hard. They're working and they're hard. They're spending all and their money on their gear and their songwriting and, the, and getting nobody's, recorded. Nobody's showing up to them. Yeah, and, like you nobody know. goes. Like, and so you raise the price of the ticket, and now you, and now I'm selling something that's a little bit more, more risky. I'm a little more invested selling it. That also means I'm you more know? invested in coming out to the show. Exactly. Yeah, and we and so you create a show that's like has this energy that's unreal and people are buying into it. It's the same thing as like you could buy you have two chocolate bars sitting right next to each other. One has a gold wrapper. They're the same chocolate bar, right? But you paid twice as much for the gold wrapper one. You're going to enjoy it better. Right, so it, like it, it's it's being able to be confident in uh, selling tickets a little bit higher price, knowing that you have put thousands of hours. But it's also valuing your, your art. Exactly. Well, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's like, I did that. If you if you yeah. look at it, you I mean each all these bands work incredibly hard to hone in their craft and write these songs and rehearse and have good stage presence. And you you look at a lineup of four bands at a bar for thirteen dollars, and that's really nothing if you look at the countless hours each band has spent working on their craft and honing in these skills and um so there was a there's a huge like resistance to to us upping our ticket price with embargo presents uh from eight dollars to 13 but it's been you know it's been working people are excited about the shows we're getting killer lineups um the bands are really excited all the bands that we're networking with are really invested in what we're doing and it's just it's building an, an incredibly beautiful community and the price isn't even discussed anymore. It's like, it's just, there's, it's just there's value cool. established. It's more than fair. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and you guys, everything you posted on social media from the last gig that sold out looked fantastic. I mean, the crowd was insane. Oh, they that were, was amazing. People were showing up, our friends. Our friends were showing up. Yeah. <laughs> and they couldn't get in. And cool. they would find yeah. us and they would be like, hey, get, 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 Moose, get me in. I can't. Yeah. Sorry. I had tickets last week, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to yeah. sell them to you. Because I didn't, you know, people, well, I know single day mile is hard because everyone's got 50 different plans coming their way. So, like, doing a pre-sell for single day mile is hard. Um, but at the door, yeah, that was that was insane. Yeah. Nobody nobody could get in. And then, so now, now the next step is we have to play bigger venues. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So it's a natural progression. Instead of bringing 50 people to a 300-sized venue, Right and playing to almost an empty room, you bring fifty people to a hundred seater venue. You have an amazing night that everyone talks about and remembers, and then or you, and you then pack a hundred capacity venue with a hundred people and put, instead of bringing a hundred people to a three hundred capacity venue. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Twilight, so, Turn, 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 another good venue that's yeah. doing it about that size. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the the next thing, like we we're gonna we're lining up a gig at uh, the Tonic Lounge. Oh, right know, on. Which is oh, like I, twice the size. And near the end of the year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hush, hush. 
Oh, okay. Oh, is that hush hush? It's I don't know. Hush we're lining up. Kind of heard it here first. I'm excited yeah. to talk to you more about awesome. your your angle to music business because it is it's 50 percent of this gig that we call the music business. I love uh, your angle and your fresh perspective on the Portland music scene. I want to hear about that and more. Obviously, we're going to dig into the record, but let's play uh, the last influence of the night. This is off of uh, Chris Cornell's last LP, solo LP. Nearly forgot my broken heart is the track. Who put this one on the playlist? This one's this one's coming from from me. All right. Song has a very dear place. So Cornell's uh, in the pantheons of best vocalists of all time. Uh, what was like your first hook for Cornell? What what made him it for you? Well, I was a kid when Dad showed me Black Hole Sun. Yeah, that's like do you, it. he's like, you need to watch <laughs> this. <laughs> this is homework for you. You need oh, yeah, to you watch the trippy video. Oh yeah, okay. oh yeah, and well. it, it traumatized me. <laughs> like, what is going on? There's, his face is melting. I yeah, know. it's a pretty wild. It's pretty young, and I just remember. And it was actually my father who's like, "Now this is a songwriter that's tapping into something, and he's actually saying something." So it just left a huge impression on me as a kid. Well, it's like, okay, uh, well, this is a good songwriter. You, and your your dad did you a wonderful service. I couldn't agree more. Cornell's a genius. Uh, it's hard to imagine that we live on a planet without him now. But this yeah. is off of his latest LP, The Last Influence from Grey Fiction. Stick around. We've got songs off of their LP, tickets to give away, and much more. Chris Cornell here on Sounds of PDX. He's an influence of my special guest, Gray Fiction. They've been on the air with me all night. Uh, we've been having a blast, and it's fun to share stories uh, as youngsters. And uh, the talk board has been lit up with a ton of inside jokes as well. Uh, <laughs> camaraderie in a band is a really important thing. I usually talk about how that's formed. Um, but with brothers, I will talk about how it's formed, destroyed, and then formed again, because that's what <laughs> brothers do. Uh, when did you guys get to the point where you're like, all right, I figure we're past all of our uh, sibling BS. We're adults now. So what really solidified this for you that we're going to play music as brothers. We're going to get past the drama and just do this thing. Oh, oh, oh it's oh, time oh. to get heavy. Uh, suck the uh, air out of the room there. So the, when did we decide to, well, it had everything to do with, I mean, the old man really taught us all how to play instruments at the end of the day. And he got sick and like, it's funny cause he would never go to a lacrosse game ever. I don't remember a single lacrosse game. Oh, he game. went to one or two. One or two, <laughs> yeah. But every time uh, there was music being played, he was there. And so when I moved back home and we started the three-piece Grey Fiction, uh, he definitely was an instigator of just playing shows and having him come out and be supportive because it's something that he enjoyed doing. And then uh, <clears throat> he passed away, and we actually broke up. Yeah. Um, for a second, yeah, you know, maybe a, maybe a year. I had to sell the house and do some other things. My dad passed away without and, uh, without a will, so he had to take oh over man. everything. As the oldest, you yeah, know, it was his curse. Yeah. Uh, it's a thing. Um, but I sold the house, and all of a sudden we had a couple bucks to spend, and I, the only thing that I wanted to do was make a record, mm. and uh, so we came back out here. And I, it's so funny because I told him, I was like, we need to find the top, th you know, give me the, before I left, I want the top three recording studios that you guys want to record at. And let's start emailing them right now. 
you know, Kung Fu Bakery is at the top of the list. And uh, the map room. The map room. Great spot. Yeah. What was the other one? B, no, B side wasn't around. B side wasn't around. I forgot. I forgot that's what the, the jack, was this jackpot. Jack has jackpot. Jackpot. Yeah, 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 that, that yeah. came up for sure. So we we ended up uh, like emailing all of them, getting the rates and stuff, and we were hitting dead end like dead ends. Yeah, nobody like, was nobody really wanted to, to nobody wanted to take us serious hmm. or something. I don't know. So we ended up calling up a buddy who Uncle Junior, who's a guy who Nathan Junior. Nathan Junior. Nathan works Jr. at All Town Music. Works at Go to yeah. And he gives free guitar lessons. Well, he used to. That's how I met him. He gave free <laughs> guitar. Now you have to pay. He gave free guitar pay. lessons <laughs> on Sunday, and I was I was living out of my car, and and I stumbled into his class one day, and, and then he invited me to live on his floor. Oh my gosh! Because he's like, "What are you? You're living in your. What are you doing?" <laughs> wow. And I played him a song, and he's like, "Well, you, you can live with me." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And and he's the guy that introduced us to Steve. Got it. At Kung Fu yeah. Bakery. At yeah. Kung Fu Bakery. And, well, it's funny because he knows, like, we couldn't get into Kung Fu. We couldn't, like, somehow. But Nathan Jr. could had Facebook. And, and he, he was friends with Steve. got on Facebook with Steve. Old and we friends had with a, Steve. We had a meeting the next day at 7 in the morning. And yeah. Steve Sunholm is who we're, we're talking yeah. about. Just an amazing producer. Uh, worked with friend of the show, Neve, as well. Any of the stuff I've played from her. A couple other artists he's all over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as far as your, we kind of went on a tangent. We, 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 we totally went on a tangent. It's a, it's a like, thing. Uh, That's right. why there's a timeline. And as just, far as the, the, the brothers finding love within music, uh, I remember back when he was into Dispatch and the Blues and all these other bands, and he was doing lacrosse, and I was into punk music, and I had my drum set. He had his friends in his band. I wouldn't let his friend play my drum set when yeah. they came over. <laughs> Because uh, it's like, no, jerk about I want to be in the band. And so... You're like, don't touch my SG. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Over time, him and I just started jamming more and more. I mean, we jammed all the time with our dad, but when we became like prepubescent teenagers, we just hated each other and we shared a room. Uh, but then we, we kind of fell in love with each other again and music again when I think it was like really like I think Muse is what really brought us back together in yeah. a sense yeah, with, Muse with music that's cool. things on. before Muse we were like we were friends and we were buddies but we weren't really like a band and we would jam every now and then but then yeah we were we were in a band and we were trying to find a singer yeah. and uh, I was just I was just trying to be a good guitar player I was listening to like Paul Gilbert and oh, like Gary man. Moore and I'm just like how do I get this thing to do that and we couldn't find anyone to sing for us not you know, we, not not that there aren't great singers. It's just the the, the just we didn't really working. mesh. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. And so, so I was just, like, yeah. well, I'll just sing until we find a singer. And you here know? we are. And, <laughs> and, 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 and we still haven't found it. Yeah. He taught himself how to sing sing along to like like Damien Rice and Muse and yeah. uh, all those other bands. Yeah, but. He just, I, I think he has a great voice, but. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Zane, it wasn't always, there's was a lot of cracking involved. But. No, dude, you are one of the best rock vocalists in town. I listen to a lot of local music, and I think your pipes are way up there. We're extremely fortunate to have you in town. I well, think thank you. you guys are uh, upper echelon tunes. Uh, both the recordings and, of course, your live performance exemplify that. Uh, I want to give wow. the listeners kind of a little. I think a well-rounded look at Grey Fiction. If they hadn't heard, I wanted to first play Disclosure. Uh, yeah. It's like cool. a nice little. It seems like a great show opener too, man. We usually uh, we usually close the we show. Usually with close, right? We usually cool. open with uh, either Intertwined or Rebirth. Okay, right on. Yeah, That's but, cool. Uh, well, tell me about this one. What inspired Disclosure? This oh, is hilarious. Yeah, actually. it's it's actually a really funny story. Because uh, Steve, as you know, sometimes takes his time. 
and uh, he, <laughs> he likes to polish. He likes he's, to polish he's, he's himself. He's very meticulous. He only does good work, and good work takes time. It does. Yeah, and uh, there was a little guilt involved for a stretch of time that uh, we hadn't heard from him. And uh, so he said, hey, I've got these extra drum tracks that we did for another song on the album. He's like, why don't you write a song to it? We'll call it Steve... Steve the loves Steve, you, happy Steve, bonus love song. Or something Steve like that. loves you, bonus song. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so we took the drum tracks, and for like weeks and weeks and weeks, Zane was like, I was just plugging away, I was just, just trying around, to just like, around, like, how do I? Uh, the whole time, like, dude, I just need to write a bass line to it. Yeah, know? and it, you know that's really hard. The, the, the drums, uh, so. the drums came from oh, another idea for all, all things, things end. Yeah, we went into the so, studio for all things coming to an end, and we had two ideas for the drum tracks. And we're like, we want either a straightforward A, B, C, A, B, like A, B, A, B structure, like very simple, the drums don't do anything but stay the same the entire time, or we want this more Tom Waitsy, jazzy brush version. Right. And so we ended up recording both versions of the drums. Yeah, I remember. And Steve went with the Tom Waits version, and then the other version... Well, it was just floating on his computer. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's why he's like, well, we have this whole other idea, and you can build an entire song around it. So after like nine renditions of what the song could have been from Zane, I sat down, and and we hashed out a bass line in like uh, 45 or... 45 seconds. You sat down and just played the bass line. There it is. And I was like, how'd you do that? Like, wait, wait, what was that? And then he went back and and added the, you know, the the lyrics were really hard, I think, for that one. Yeah, the lyrics took forever. Yeah. So it was like a deconstruct... It was like a backwards song. It was like the drums first, and then we did the bass, and then the... Then melodic. And then the melodics and then the lyrics. But the goal was to actually to try to get a kind of a more poppy... Fun yeah, radio kind of feel our, song because all the other songs are kind of brooding and dark and you know like this pieces. one we, we it was the first song where we're like we put our minds together and like actually okay this is what we're gonna do so this is a well-rounded representation of the band then it's, it's kind Absolutely. of perfect. Yeah. Yeah. good, yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, yeah I love this track we've got a bunch more from Grey Fiction let us know what you think hit us up on the talk board on PRP.FM or the mobile app say hello to myself and Grey Fiction by tweeting at PDX Radio Project here we are uh, we're hopping into the first track uh, not chronologically off of the track list itself but this is the first one from uh, on your way to Earth and Back by Gray Fiction. Here's Disclosure on Portland Radio Project. I'm 
some gray fiction here Portland Radio Project <laughs> Extraordinary Beauty is the track oh, I love the B3 on that the organ good choice oh, yeah. yeah was that you uh no that was not me <laughs> but you're the keys player yeah 
Uh, on everything else. That's cool. Yeah. Isn't that, was that Keith Somers? That was Keith. Yeah. No, Troy. Troy. It was Troy. Troy. Oh, oh yeah, Troy. Sorry. So I said earlier in the broadcast, we have our whole lives to write and record your first record. Every artist faces this. If there was an overarching theme for uh, the record, On Your Way to Earth and Back, what would you say it is? Is there a central thing that inspired this? Following your bliss. Hmm. Wow. What does that mean to you? What does that mean? Well, it's kind of the ultimate philosophical question slash statement. Yeah. Slash, what is it? Uh, and it's movable. So I think maybe for a while, Portland was your bliss. You guys came here and found that. Mm-hmm. It certainly helped. Yeah. Uh, I, came, I came to Portland out of, uh, it was kind of the place I landed in grieving losing our father. Uh, so Portland, it meant a lot to me at the time. And a lot of these songs were written going through all of this, uh, kind of losing the, the family and the, you know, uprooting my life and going somewhere just without any uh, real direction or uh, encouragement, just wandering around, just trying to figure out what to do. And uh, that was the, the narrative our father kind of instilled in us to approach life, you know, you have to do what you love. What you just said is the perfect example of something that's either extremely terrifying or exciting. I'm a big firm believer that there's two emotions in the universe and everything's a derivative of either love or fear. And you could have on your quest uh, of grieving gone to a fear-based decision and gone back home, but you decided to stay out there and try something different. And I like that you said you followed your bliss because I think that's the ultimate choice. When we strip away some of that fear and choose love, some wonderful things happen to us. Um, So as you're here, you're forming the record. Has any of the songs, now that you step back and you've produced them, have any of them either taken on a new meaning for any of you or have they transformed their, their meaning now that you're sharing them with people? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. When, uh, when people start singing the words to the songs it shows, hmm. completely changes everything. Yeah, that, that really yeah, does change everything. It's like, this isn't my song anymore. You this realize is, that it's, it, it has this own life force and it has nothing to do with you. What was that feeling like the first time you had lyrics sung back to you? Screwed me up, man. I know for, for me, uh, there was a, a huge epiphany I had where um, my job on the album, like the drums were recorded September of 2013 um, and the album came out in 2017. So me as a drummer, my job had been done for quite a while. <laughs> And I went through a lot of growing and a lot of developing because when I moved here, I was very sheltered, you know, the suburbs of Utah. I'd, I hadn't really gone out much. I wasn't 21 yet. And I moved here and I was uh, in this other relationship and I was just, I was a just completely different person from who I am now. And I know I had this epiphany where the song Gracefully on the album, uh, it's one of my favorite songs that Zane's ever written. And the lyrics are just incredibly heart-wrenching. And when I recorded the drums, I didn't really understand lyrics. I didn't really hear lyrics. Um, I just wanted to be, I just was stoked to play the drums in a band. And then I remember after going through all this stuff that I was dealing with in my personal life, the album came out and I heard Gracefully. And like, I was like, oh my God. Like I had no idea the song was about that. And it totally Mm. changed my life. And I, I felt even more attached to the album 
even though my job on the album had been done like for three years. Well, you set it up perfectly, Mark. We're gonna listen to Gracefully right now. Ah, Another selection off of the LP released in January of 2017. It's one of my favorite releases from last year. This is Gracefully by Gray Fiction here on Sounds of PDX.
Rebirth by Gray Fiction. They've been hanging out with me all night long. Gosh, guys, that track is, I mean, that is the prog rock influence from your dad all over that one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's yeah. homage to dad. That's that, what is, that, is. that is such a rad song. You were telling me during that music break that it caused havoc with Steve when he was producing this thing. Yep, every yeah. time we go to work on computer. it. Yeah, he had to buy a new computer. It's like, thanks a lot, guys. Was it like 180 tracks or something in it? Or it was something very, ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Large. It took yeah. a couple minutes to scroll down. Yeah. Folks don't realize, like, not only is it tough to pull off a song like that live and track the parts in the studio, I think for me, looking at, you know, bands like Dream Theater or a song like this, like, how do you construct that thing? There's so many cool parts. How did you guys settle on the story that it tells now? Well, there is. About six different versions of that song. Yeah, that song's, Every, that song's been through a lot. It was the ongoing <laughs> yeah. joke while we were recording. is like Rebirth 2, Rebirth, Rebirth 3, five. Rebirth, Rebirth 4. Rebirth it used to be five. called We that's the Living. we named it Rebirth. Yeah. <laughs> the, only thing, <laughs> the only thing that's really stayed the same over all the versions is the drums. And the, in the beginning, when we first wrote it, we were in high school, and it's, it felt like a Led Zeppelin, like, bluesy, like, over the hills and far away kind of song. It felt mm. like that. And then... Over the years, he's just Zane has just messed with it over and over and over again, and just it's over time it's just blossomed into what you hear, and it took a lot of love and a lot of time, especially on on this guy's end. Yeah, the whole duration of making our album, that song was always being worked on in the background. Mm. Yeah, so that's like the the legacy track. Of well, because we we yeah. knew that we wanted it to be like it was the opener, the big one. Yeah, but we just didn't know how to make it do everything we wanted. It was really frustrating, and we almost left it like a million times. But yeah. Steve had invested so much time, and uh, he actually, we actually like almost broke up because I, uh, I took the original drum edits that we recorded, and I changed them all, and I, re and I basically rewrote the whole song. <laughs> And moved everything, and he had to he had to match what I had done oh, with I our session files. Yeah. I see, and it just took months and months. And that was the last song we recorded for vocals. I think that was like yeah. that was like yeah. when we had guitar rebirth was at the very end. When we had bass rebirth was at the very end. Like it's like we'll do rebirth when we're done with everything <laughs> yeah, else. It, it, I don't want to think about it. It was the bane of Steve's existence. You know, <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, well, let's get a reminder and another chance to win some tickets right now. Ooh. We've waited till the end of the show, but Great Fiction is playing Saturday, July 7th at the Twilight Cafe. Doors at 830. They're going to be sharing the stage with Daybones and the Weird Kids. And this is your chance to win a couple spots on the guest list. Uh, you're going to text the keyword fiction to 272 nine nine please be safe if you're driving pull over uh or mind yourself if you're walking around with some headphones take the time stop and smell a rose and text fiction to 27299 and we'll get you on the uh guest list there uh embargo productions is putting this together so glad you guys brought that up this show is more about than j just sharing your art uh i really believe the business side of the music business is so important and overlooked your guys' social media is on point. Obviously, the way you space out your shows and time those is really great. Thank you. You released a 14-track LP, which is not done these days, uh, and I just love it. I'm glad that you guys are sticking to your guns, putting out the music that you're doing, and just staying true to yourself. I get to talk to a lot of bands, and nothing seems forced here. The rapport as brothers is great, but I can tell you guys really enjoy playing music together. Wow, thank you. Thank, thank you so much. That was, thank you. that was really sweet. Yeah, you bet. It's It's been a blast having you. We're going to close the show out with All Things Come to an End. Uh, where did this one uh, spur out of, inspired, uh, what's the story in this one? 
this is uh, the last incarnation of a song that I started writing when I was 16 years old. Wow. And uh, I actually had uh, like three or four different drafts of lyrics for the vocal take. And uh, the one that ended up being on the song is... I was really shy about it, and even they didn't know about it. We had no idea. And uh, the session was just Steve and I, and uh, I just, you know, I'm like, hey, these are the new lyrics I was thinking of, but I, you know, what do you think? And he read them, and he just looked at me. And he's like, well, get in there. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing out yeah, here? That's and, awesome. And this song had been through so many different uh, styles. Like, we didn't really know what to make of it. And that's, it's actually the one that, because of this song, we wrote Disclosure. Oh, right on. Because yeah. we had the different ideas, uh, you know, with the drums, and that became Disclosure. So this song, it, it when we decided to go the more kind of lounge jazz, kind of creepy, like really inspired by Tom Waits. Yeah, I was going to say a little Radiohead-y, like, too. Oh, Radiohead, yeah. absolutely. And so, yeah, I was really shy about the lyrics, and then I laid the vocal, and then... And when we first heard him, again, Matt and I weren't there, and we had no idea that he changed the lyrics. And the chorus, I was singing along in my head, because we've had this song since I was in high school, so I knew the lyrics. And then they did, then it went in a different direction. The melody went in a different direction. But it was, like, amazing. Like I, It was so good. It was so good. It was yeah, like an aha stinks. moment. Like, of course those have to be uh, the lyrics. It's been hiding there the whole time. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And it's great that Steve caught wind of like that inspiration and and struck while the iron was hard because sometimes you'll get away from like the inception of lyrics that oh, you change yeah. reproduce and yeah. you like overthink it but good on him for capturing that no really you know i was really shy and bashful and he really helped me kind of come out of my shell he's um, forever great grateful he he prod you a little bit as a oh, vocalist oh. <laughs> good oh, yeah. <laughs> he is known for that oh. uh well we've been enjoying songs off of uh your lp on your way to earth and back obviously sharing your stories and uh some not so easy to share, so thank you for sharing those with us. I want to thank, thank you. It's been great. Oh, dude, it's been a blast. It's been uh, so fun. Give you guys a chance to give a shout out to anyone uh, you'd like to say good nights or whatever to. Derek. Derek, Jux, love Derek, you. Derek. Yeah, yes. thanks for hanging out on Duck. the talk board. Uh, Mr. Mr. Magi. Mr. Mr. Magi. And yeah. Olivia. And Olivia. Little baby. What up, Olivia? Hey, Haley, if you're tuning in. What up, Haley? Oh, uh, happy birthday, Misa. Happy birthday, Misa. Happy birthday, Steve Sonholm. Happy birthday, Steve Sonholm. Happy birthday, Steve Sonholm. Yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, my sis, Carol. Also, Rebecca Webb, Matthew Scott. Thank you all for joining us tonight. It has been a, a pleasure having you all here. Uh, can't thank you enough. We're going to get you back on uh, the show. Uh, it's just been too much awesome. fun, so I'll get you back on the air with me soon. Uh, you can see the guys once again, Gray Fiction, Saturday, July 7th at Twilight Cafe. Doors at 8.30. They're going to be hanging out with Day Bones and the Weird Kids, guaranteed to be a really good show. Mark, Matt, and Zane, thanks again, guys, for being here with me. We've got thank the last you. song from Gray Fiction. Uh, let's talk about all things come to an end uh what would you like to say if you're gonna like send this off uh to your fans what's the goodbye with this one www.greatfiction.com yes. <laughs> business-minded matt is brilliant oh that's so good thanks for being along for the journey thanks for tuning in uh you know how to capitalize well here it is all things come to an end by gray fiction until next time i've been your host luke neal reminding you to discover and support local music have a great night everybody control This wasn't what it seemed There's no way for me to ever rebuild 
The bridges burned along the way to these dreams I've traded away my comfort For such overbearing fear I slowly slip away into madness Until I completely disappear Friendly, local. KSFL LP Portland. Portland Radio Project.